got a lot of shit done, man. I you fucking, did. We're all proud of you. No, like I, I came home. I fixed a taillight in my car. I just replaced the bulb, but with my car, I had to tear everything out. Yeah. And then after I got that shit all fixed up, I cooked myself a bunch of uh, cube steaks slash minute steaks for our friends overseas and or in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then the wife left and I got the clips done in a short amount of time because you have very few clips and you did some of the stuff that I would normally do. Mm-hmm. Hooray for you. Yeah. Um, and you actually followed my directions. It's actually five minutes worth of clips beforehand. Yeah. Or close enough to where I'm like, okay, he did okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy. It's not much. Yeah. So I replaced the smoke alarm downstairs and then I was digging around in the furnace room because we just put a bunch of decorations away. We're switching stuff around for the seasons, the various holidays. And I was like kind of worried that maybe something was melting because the furnace has been running a bunch and we had this weird smell in the house. Turns out it's the cube steaks. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've been using Greek seasoning, and so like it really, yeah, you know, it tastes delicious, but it makes your house reek. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um, and apparently, uh, Greek seasoning, whenever you pan fry something in olive oil, smells like burning death. Very nutritious, yeah. but it smells like death. Yeah. So since I was in there screwing around anyway, I, I dug out the furnace tape and I started like sealing off a bunch of the furnace runs. Yeah. To make it more efficient and stuff like that, and I was doing that up until about five minutes before you got here. Oh, nice. So like I coated a bunch of stuff, like all the runs that go off to like the chimney area and all that kind of stuff. I was sealing everything up with furnace tape. Oh, there you go. Super efficient. Yeah. I got all the music selected. I got you, everything then set you up. you turned on the gas to the house and now we're just sitting here ready to die. No, I'm pretty pretty efficient with the furnace and everything. I think we're good to go. Oh, I, I meant when you were sealing up the house so that we're just, you uh, know. Oh, uh, no, no, I would I would totally pull a um, no, that would be a spoiler for a movie you may or may not watch, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I would seal up the fucking house and then run a car and then have a hose coming from the car into the house. You know, you die from that, but first you get pretty high. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you peacefully fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> let's, let's do it right now. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that and uh, we'll just we'll fire up the show while I'm setting that up. All right, sounds great. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that the cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt.
126th week straight, and possibly the final week if we don't beat the clock on this carbon monoxide poisoning. Getting faint across the way and looking a little woozy himself is Matt. I'm here. Oh man, I'm really stoned, but I think I'm gonna view. What's up? Uh, first of all, what's my name? Uh, Barter Town. No, that's what I run. What's my name? This is for the folks at home that may not know this. Oh, your court. Yay! Okay, so you at least know who I am. So you're not that you're not that affected by the uh, carbon right. monoxide poisoning. That's right. Now, one quick question. Yeah. Who am I again? Uh, your name is Matt. Awesome. All you, right. You have the notes for this week, right? Oh, is that what this is in front of me? <laughs> Tell me once again. How does one read? Uh, this is gonna take a little bit of time. I'm assuming. <laughs> How fucking stupid would we be if we actually did try and uh, run out the clock on some carbon monoxide poisoning? It would be really stupid because you and I, would we would fail miserably and we would die. I think I'd be highly susceptible to it. And you're an ex-smoker, so I think you would probably last longer than me. I, I Maybe, but it's been a long time since I've had a cigarette. So I have verifiable proof from less than two years ago of you smoking a cigarette out in public. It's somewhere on my phone. I took a photo of it. It's still a long time ago, though. I'm still going to use that to fucking blackmail you and show that to your insurance company if you piss me off. Because well, I'm a good friend. Luckily, now it wouldn't matter. <laughs> I, my, you, know, you re-up insurance every year. So, see? Now it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can just basically lie and say that you haven't had a cigarette in how amount of time and then you, you save money? You just have to say in the, this last year. You just have to say when you re-sign, because uh, the way insurance works, you have uh -huh. to re-sign up every year. Yeah. So as long as you say when you sign up, so like I just signed up two weeks ago. I said I am a non-smoker. So as long as I don't have a cigarette in the next year, uh -huh. then it's fine. You're technically not lying. Yeah. I can also fuck with the metadata on the photo and make it seem like I just took it But recently. the only way they would know is it, or care is if I died, because then they just wouldn't pay out my life insurance if they found nicotine in my system. So what you're saying is- So you would have to get me to actually smoke or uh -huh. inject me with nicotine and uh -huh. then kill me. I mean, I can make any of those things happen. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of work for you, though. I mean, literally all I have to do is put a cigarette in front of you with a match yeah. and let you sit long enough. Eventually, you'll cave. No. <laughs> nah, not anymore. <laughs> Oh, boy. Why are we talking so much patter this week, Matt? Why are we patting out this we episode? we don't want to talk about Galaxy of Terror, even though we better get on it because we have other things we have to do tonight. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about Galaxy of Terror. Oh, uh, okay. I do. All right. I don't know how many positive things I'm going to say about uh, it. Okay. We have I nothing talk too about positive it. to say about Galaxy of Terror, but we should probably get on it because we have other shit going on tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing a doubleheader, and uh, only one of them will reap the benefit on our side. Yeah. More or less because we're doing a guest appearance on the VD Clinic immediately after this recording. Yeah. And I guess this is going to be their Christmas episode. So look out for that. I guess it may come out before this episode, but I don't know. I have that, no idea what their release schedule is. There you go. I just volunteered us because. Because. Um, they asked. And by they, I mean Vanessa. Oh, yeah. And she's been on our show like a shit ton, so we yeah. should probably help her out. We should. Yeah. And I don't even know how much we're helping her out, really. I, I mean, mean, us being on a show is not helpful at all. Yeah, I, if I anything, know. We probably bring it down a little bit. I ought to know. I fucking edit this show every yeah, week. Yeah, it's a fine program that they run over there at the VD Clinic, and we're about ready to fuck it up. Or make them earn their name. Yeah, we yeah, got some yeah, yeah, right? We got to stop showing them social disease uh, symptoms so, over Skype. Are you saying you're going to go in raw, or what do you... <laughs> Go to the VD clinic raw. No, no condom. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Matt. Yeah. I mean, they're lesbian vampires. Why would they want to put their teeth in man meat? <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it's a it's a fair point. Fair I mean, point. I like dick. <laughs> Want to hop on some dick after that? I mean, I like dick. <laughs> fuck you, Matt. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. fuck Matt. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, Matt. Yeah, yeah fuck Matt. Yeah. Fuck you, Matt. Uh-huh. Yeah, fuck Matt. Yep. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's just get into this. It's uh, yeah, Galaxy let's do of Terror. It. Galaxy of Terror. Roger Corman. Yeah, we're gonna take a little break here. We're gonna play the Legion Patreon promo ad. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Galaxy of Terror. When we come back, we will have that motherfucking trailer. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts we appreciate it and thank you for listening now back to the cutting room Mystery by the Brainiacs. Uh, really interesting band. Got to see them play live when the Necromantics came to town. They were pretty much the first band that uh, that played that night. And I was an instant fan. They were so much fucking fun. Uh, so if you're uh, out there and uh, they're in touring through your area, go see them. They rock. All right, then. Yeah, and uh, that song's a shitload of fun. And the bass player, the stand-up bass player for the Brainiacs, his drag triplets are fucking insane. Just completely insane. Awesome. Yeah, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Not a clue. And you also don't care. Yeah, that's also true. You know what we really need to get to, though, Matt? What's that? This fucking trailer. Oh, God. Prepare yourself for the ultimate battle. Galaxy of Terror. Stranded astronauts Edward Albert and Aaron Moran trapped in a living maze of terror on a world spawned by their darkest nightmares. It's been waiting a billion years to scare you to death. Galaxy of Terror. Fucking love radio spots. They make my life so much easier. I True. had to do very minimal editing on that. Fortunately, they pretty much just told you in the movie, so we're out. Bye. Uh, you all seen Alien? <laughs> now imagine it's not a physical threat, but a mental one. That's your review. Good night! Yeah. All right. And James Cameron even worked on this movie. Yeah, this is a template for James Cameron's Aliens. We'll get into that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we start out with the dude running around. He seems very scared. We see Mango 
multiple bodies in the background. He seals himself into a room, but then turns around and sees something and starts screaming. And we cut to the outskirts of a different planet. And there, because, hey, we haven't had clips in the last, you know, week. We're going to go back to fucking clips. So here's our first clip. A small world on the fringes of occupied space. I am Mitri, the interpreter of the signs, the oracle of the game. I play at the bidding of the all-powerful one, planet master of Xerxes. Master, we have lost all contact with the Remus. First the hyperwave, and now even the bioscans show nothing. Location? Morganthus. We don't know why they landed there. Morganthus, at last. You would do that. Such risk. It has been too long. I'm tired of waiting. Death will surround you. It is the only way. A terrible way. For sure. Yes, Master? Put together a Class 3 ship with normal exploratory and defense equipment. You will command the rescue mission. I will personally select the crew. They are not to be informed of this. Yes, Master. Now, old woman, leave. The waiting is over. Okay, what the fuck is going on here? What do you mean? With the Okay, so they noticed that a ship went down for a reason that they can't quite discern. Yes. On this particular planet. Yes. So this master is in charge of what? Apparently this other world, and he's going to send people to go find it. I'm thinking he's the master of the universe, only he doesn't have the power. No, no. Well, if he doesn't have the sword, then you're right. Then he does not have the power of Grayskull. But the title implies that there is more than one, so perhaps he is just one of the multiple masters of the universe. That's true. It's a possibility. The other one being He-Man. Right, because he is He-Man and the masters of the universe. Yes. Which would be a much more sci-fi, a fun sci-fi film to talk about this week, I think. It, true, true. Uh, it should star Dolph Lundgren. Well, yeah, everything that stars Dolph Lundgren is automatically better for having Dolph Lundgren in it. Yes, exactly. Unless you can get an actual, you know, actor. <laughs> wow, way to be a dick. Uh, anyway, the commander's preparing the ship when the captain walks in, and she seems all sorts of fucked up. Uh, she's really gruff, and she says, well, she all of a sudden alerts the crew that they have 30 seconds to take off. Uh, the commander even states, wow, you know, we, no one's ready yet. She goes, well, they better get ready. Um, we see lots of, all the, well, the crew comes in. We see lots of faces here we've seen before. We've seen Joni uh, from Happy Days, yep. Captain Spaulding, and uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, whilst Captain Spaulding is his most famous role, Sid Haig is so much more than that. I know, I'm just... His most recently well-known role. Yeah. And also, this is pre-Freddy Krueger. Yeah, um, Robert England. Robert England. This is a very young Robert this England. This is pre-V, before he was, uh, was it Benny and V? Yeah. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah, this is 1981. 1981. So, so this is pre-Freddy Krueger. This is pre-Aliens. Yeah. And a- I mean, this is very much the thing that I really kept me interested in this film, besides mm-hmm. the amazing production design and the amount of money that actually was spent for it being a Roger Corman joint. Yeah. The thing that really got my attention was like, holy shit, this is really James Cameron just trying his hand at Aliens before he got Aliens. Yeah, sounds like it. It's like a thesis that he put together so he could be like, hey guys, I can direct Aliens and be a director. Yeah. That's Come like on. his whole thing with this. No, that man uh anyway uh we see uh another dude walk up and uh he's pretty much just telling people he's in charge and he's acting like a real douchebag i mean he just gets in like one of the the guy our main character's face we don't know his name yet he has a mustache and he pretty much gets in his face and says i'm in charge here and then walks away but, but, was this the older dude or the younger the dude? younger dude who's in charge the uh rescue mission commander solomon king i believe oh everybody should know the guy they mm-hmm. may not know his name, but you will know his work because he became a rather well-known director of uh, late-night TV sleaze. 
Ah. Some of that being what is known to those of us of red-blooded American male stature and fuzzy porn as the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, oh nice. Creator and director of the bulk of those episodes. Anyway, so this guy is pretty much every Republican leader you have. Just yells at people that he's the leader, but doesn't actually do any quality leading. So. I won the election by a landslide of the popular vote. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, so they, with the takeoff complete, um, we find out the captain was the only survivor survivor of a, a massacre mission, and she's somewhat scarred from that. Emotionally or physically? Probably a little bit of both. Because, I mean, physically... She's looking good. So anyway, uh, they go into hyper jump. Um, as they come out of hyper jump, they're having a problem landing the ship, as in they're coming a little bit too hot into the planet. Uh, oh, with all those hot ladies around, of course they're yes. coming in a little hot. However, the captain is able to figure something out, and they are able to land the ship. After that, the new kid, or the too young of a kid to be out on any mission that's in any kind of mission movie ever, whether it be a Vietnam War story, a World War II world story, or even a space story. Uh, he's way too young and he freaks out, of course, because he's never done anything like this before. You have to always have the young kid that's going to freak out. They're, yeah. It's a re- prerequisite for this type of film. You yeah. have to have it. Of course. Uh, the team goes out onto the planet to check it out. Aluma, who is Joni, is an empath, and she says at this point she cannot sense anything. Balon, who is the Dick mission commander, uh, or the rescue commander, I should say. I think his name is Zolomon King, is the uh, actor that we were yep. talking about. Yep. I think his character's his name. name's Balon. Right. He thinks it's all BS. Um, I kind of identified a little bit with Balon there when he's calling bullshit on the psychic stuff. But then he's, he, I don't know, like this whole thing like so far feels more like um, the black hole that we yeah. did, where there's like space sci-fi and then all of a sudden some of the people have psychic abilities. Right. Just because. Yeah. For plotline purposes. Well, anyway, uh, Kuad, who is Captain Spaulding, he comforts the new kid, kind of like gives him a little pat on the shoulder there, tell him he's going to be all right. Uh, it was Sid Haig's choice to play this role silently. Oh, nice. Because, and I'm going to paraphrase, but mostly his quote on that is that the dialogue was atrocious and he didn't want to deliver any of it. Uh, you know what? I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, I totally get what he was getting at there. Yeah. Uh, as they explore the base, they find a dead body. Balon lights it up with his laser rifle and the new kid starts puking all over the place. Yeah, that new kid's a fucking putz. Balon, like a putz commander, who would be a Republican, sends the new kid off by himself to check stuff out. Yeah, let's send the kid who's barely holding on to his sanity out there to check things on his own. That's fucking smart. No, that tracks for leadership. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. For for Republican leadership. I mean, if if the kid survives, he'll realize that there's much worse out there than what he was actually fearing on the ship and if he doesn't survive then you got rid of the whiny bitch i mean that's actually kind of leadership 101 that's a terrible leadership 101 no i mean you gotta break some eggs to make an omelet and that kid is all sorts of a fragile egg what type of fucking omelets are you making that's the (laughs) second time tonight somebody's used that analogy for something horrible i'm making death omelets matt and i'm (laughs) making them out of expendable youth Oh, wow. When did you become a Republican? <laughs> I mean, I guess I've always had tendencies. I guess. Jesus. Surprising. You never know. <laughs> Sacrificing youth is not a wholly Republican thing. There's I mean, plenty of democratical leaders th- that have done that. That's true. That's true. So you're just a shitbag. I mean, sure. I mean, that's what youth is there for, to sacrifice for the old. <laughs> that's that. Okay. Listen, man, we're, we need to have a convo after the show. Yeah, we don't have time for this argument. Move yeah, on. we got other things to do. God damn it. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. The kid is looking around, super freaked out. Like a, a fucking power cord comes down and smacks him, and he freaks out from that. Uh, Cabrine, who is supposed to be our protagonist in this, uh, and Kuhad, uh, they find some more bodies and light them up, but also pack one up. Um, yeah. Why are they burning the bodies? What was the purpose of that? Did they, they have never any say. reason for it? They never say. Okay, so in their sci-fi world, it's just that's how they dispose of probably. The dead. Let's just burn one up. Yeah, it's like, but they have to find at least one to bring back to the lab. Yeah, it's like insta cremation where it's just like they're gone they're vaporized from there there's nothing left behind exactly i mean we had um so this movie was made with the uh movie that we did a couple weeks ago forbidden world forbidden world and this were made on some of the same sets they just redressed the sets on yeah. forbidden world immediately afterwards and made it extremely lower budget uh-huh. um so you'll recognize some of the sets probably from a couple of weeks ago yeah you may also recognize some of the mcdonald's containers that were empty right. stapled to the wall but done better in this movie yes they look better in this one. Right. Um, but what I was kind of getting at here is um, it really kind of seems that these two different sci-fi worlds actually have a lot in common with the way that they handle things, um, like the disposal of bodies and stuff like that. Well, it's supposed to be in the future where maybe death isn't looked at in some grand sort of ceremony like we have these days, you know, today. But the, the, the Forbidden World place could really use these extra dead bodies because there's a food crisis. That's very true. And let's soil green these motherfuckers yeah i mean <laughs> but is it so the green people here we go again oh we're back to that again <laughs> uh listen you slap some buffalo wing sauce on it everybody's happy sure whatever um let's see here the kid is really starting to freak out it actually does seem like something might be following him uh as he runs he runs right into balon and aluma uh Bulan, uh balon is of course being a prick to the kid and then the other two show back up with some more with the body and they decide they're all going to the lab. The kid falls behind though as they all leave and he hears a noise. He looks around, sees nothing, and as he's going to leave, an alien attaches itself right to him from the back and tears the top of his head off. Okay, we need to talk about the special effects in this movie. All right. Uh, they're actually really fucking good. They're not bad. A lot of the creatures, even though you can tell they're cheaply put together and just kind of probably done spur of the moment last minute. Yeah. When the animation of the creature coming around him happens, that's not that cool but when you actually see what that creature looks like when it's on him like I think they should have showed it a little bit more instead of trying to animate it they should have just had it like jump on him and then he spins around and shows it off yeah like old school B-movie style yeah it'd be cool they didn't really have a lot of like mechanics of it being puppeted you could tell someone just kind of threw it on his back and wrapped the stuff around and then he held it yeah which I'm totally fine with for low budget flicks that's totally cool and everything but that creature was nightmare fuel and then when it hit his head with the, the teeth on the top and the blood started trickling down yeah it really looked like it was starting to eat the back of his fucking head. Like, it looked really cool. Yeah, it was actually a really cool effect. I agree. Yeah, so that's the thing that makes this movie worth watching, is the effects for this stuff and the creatures. After that, uh, 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 Cabrin, okay, after that, Cabrin and the ship's cook are walking back. Cabrin said the whole thing would be funny if it weren't so dark. And the cook makes a talk about the darkness of the human mind. And then they enter the lab, and that is our next clip. I mean, it just did. How can a Life scan just disappeared. It did. I sensed something around cause, then when he died, it just vanished. Gone. Those are the facts, Balon. I don't guess. What I can't understand is how it disappeared so quickly. We were all there. That's how it was on Hesperus. First you don't see them, and then they're everywhere. But the other one you brought back, he'd sealed himself into a room and still something got him? Damia, anything? <sighs> Sorry. Nothing useful at all yet. 
Cause died of a massive hemorrhage from the puncture wound, just as it looked. Nothing revealing on the other one either. What was left was such a mess that the cause of death is uncertain. The fact of the matter is we don't know any more now than when we started, except that the Remus wasn't safe, either were we. We're not even doing the repairs we need. Balon, this is a rescue mission specifically ordered by the Master. We are required to do everything within our means to locate and assist survivors. There are no survivors. We know of five certain deaths, so there are still four unaccounted for. Look at this. Here it comes. And no function. No. Watch again. Something along 419 that's so below the instruments we can't even get a reading on it. Whoever sucked us into this slag, he pulled from a single point. Well, the group splits up as they come to the mountain. Uh, Balon, Kuhud, and Aluma, they go off uh, to look for one way in. And the commander, Cabron, and Demera, they uh, decide to climb up the mountain. Oh, uh, more behind-the-scenes stuff? Yeah. Uh, they actually built that. That thing was two stories. Damn. And it was built out of chicken wire and paper mache, so they had to be extremely careful. Yeah, not to bust where, it. Where they were stepping to yeah. be able to climb it. But if, as you can tell, when you look at the ridges, that was where the two-by-fours were that were supporting the chicken yeah. wire. So they're climbing on that stuff. But think about that. All of those actors, at any point in time with the wrong step, two stories automatically down. Oof. And yeah. then when they're climbing there with their packs, when they got to when they get to the Do very... Do you think they had any harnesses or anything, just for like safety? No, no that's no. why I wanted to tell this part oh, okay. of the story. When they got to the very top, the uh, blonde actress, uh, what was the the doctor and pilot she was, uh, Demera. Demera? Um, that actress at the top, uh, Roger was checking it out when they climbed up and she had her pack on and stuff like that. And I guess it was between takes or whatever and she wasn't expecting it. She turned around and hit him with her pack and almost sent him, Roger Corman himself, off the edge of that thing to a 50, like 50 foot two-story drop. She had a lot of issues with this movie. We'll get into that a lot more later. <laughs> right, or at but, least one particular scene. Right. I'm just trying to give you the behind the scenes no, stuff. No, but that is, that's, that's the, a pretty cool thing. Yeah, the production's more interesting than the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the production is way more interesting than the actual story of the film. So anyway, the commander's fear, we can see that the entire mission commander, the older gentleman, his uh, fear is growing. He doesn't quite know what's going on. At one point, he actually falls a little bit, but he's actually okay. He can keep on going. Uh, They get uh, onto a certain point in the mountain and look down to a uh, cavern. Commander decides he needs to go down there, but he has a lot of doubt about doing it. Uh, As he repels down, uh, the others try to stop him. Even Damara says she's a more experienced climber and she should go down, but he says that he needs to do this. His line actually gives out, but uh, Cabrin is able to catch it. As he's down there, a creature, we also see a creature start slithing around there, and then it seems to start grabbing at him, almost like with tentacles, and it seems to be like sucking out pieces, or at least sucking out his insides, like they're attached to him, and you see like the tentacles grow and stuff. It's vampire tentacles. It's yeah. pulling shit out. Okay. And what, what's this effect? Does this work better for you than the creature at the, the beginning of yeah, the first creature this attack? One, this, because this one actually kind of freaks me out because it's always a freaked out thought of like a tentacle getting at you. Right. And then sucking all, like attaching itself to you and then like taking things from the inside out. Well, it's just almost like a vacuum cleaner. Well, there's that and then there's also the way that it attaches on and the animation for it is actually like the way yeah. that they move the tentacles, the way that tentacles came out and attack him. Yeah. I don't know if they use reverse photography or what, but it worked better. It felt more real, and you didn't notice right away that it was just a, like a giant thing that got thrown on the guy. Exactly. You actually see some motion and it felt more realistic. That's exactly right. I yeah. just thought Plus, it looked better. in addition to the nightmare fuel yeah. of those 
those tentacles, exactly. And then also, you're hanging there, and I don't know how you do with heights, but I don't do well with them at all. We did an entire episode where yeah. both of us do not do well yeah. with heights. And so now you added that factor of you're just hanging there, and now something sucking the insides out of you. You're, you're pretty much bait, like almost somebody went fishing with you. You was fucked. Yeah, you was big fucked. Uh, Cameron goes down to find him, only to find his empty harness. Uh, then we jump back to the captain and the cook, and they're having a conversation when Ranger, who is Freddy Krueger, walks in to eat. Her tragic mission is brought up, and she says that they are still out there, but this time she'll be ready. And she seems to be going a little crazy herself on this one. Yeah, the fear or whatever it is that's happening with this planet is starting to affect all of them, and it's pretty obvious that there is some kind of external influence causing all of this. Yeah. Um, because they get freaked out before something happens, and the more freaked out they get, the more things start to happen. Yeah, because the captain was fine telling a story to the cook, and when Ranger asks, oh, is this what happened on I forget the planet name now. She goes, no, that was nothing like that. That, and then she got freaked out again. So it's almost like, not even, a, it, it, but it's something where they're f- just a moment, what would be maybe a typical moment of fear or uh, unease, w- which would only typically last a moment, is expanded upon. Well, and it seems like whenever no one's there to distract you, which is how your fear normally works. Yeah. I don't get freaked out when other people are around unless the person is freaking me out. Yes. But like when you're alone is when you actually get freaked out. Exactly. Like when you shut off the lights and have to walk up from your basement after watching Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Unless you're like a really true in- introvert, then it's being around any sort of people and you feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, yeah, I get uncomfortable around people, but I'm not scared. I'm just yeah. uncomfortable and I don't like it. I wonder, I bet there are certain people though who'd rather like they're alone and they don't feel scared at all. But if they're around people, they're probably terrified. Yeah. There's, there's a, gotta be people There's a like specific that. term for yeah. folks that are like, that have a fear of groups of people. Yes. Yeah. I don't know it off the top of my head. I don't know my fears that well, but I'm sure someone in the, out there in the world will put it in the group and correct us. Yeah. I'm but, just assuming it exists because, you know, you just have to assume almost, almost anything exists in the world this big. Is it a type of fear? Yes. yes. It exists. Yeah. Baylor has found more bodies. We cut back to them, but apparently he's been burning them. And uh, uh, Joni is kind of admonishing him, saying, we're not going to have anything to study if you keep burning bodies. Weird how she can't really do acting when she's not pretending to be a spoiled brat little sister of Richie Cunningham. Yeah, exactly. Might have been the problem. Um, She's really good at pretending she loves Chachi, though. Yes. Joni loves Chachi. Uh, Coincidentally, I forget which country it is, but Chachi is slang for cock. Really? So they had to change the name of the show. Oh, nice. Wherever that was. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, the name of the show would have been Joni Joni loves loves cock. cock. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I like dick. So does Joni. (laughs) Yeah, so does Joni. Thanks, E. Beth. Uh, uh, A door is starts to open. I couldn't tell at first if it was closing or opening the way they were freaking out, but I believe the door was opening. Quayhood uses his crystal throwing stars to throw it to try to keep it closed. He lives and dies by the crystal, Matt. Yeah, I was going to get to that. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, the others start showing up, and uh, as they stand there, Demera talks about how much she hates uh, that the planet's only full of wormholes and how she hates worms. Anyway, foreshadowing. 
Like, yeah. The door breaks the crystals and it opens. The rest of the, uh, everyone has joined up back together now and they head back inside. Quahood uh, is not doing well with the destruction of his crystals. They tell him to guard the entrance while they investigate what's in there. Baylor wants to give him a gun, but he's like, he doesn't want to take it because he lives and dies by the crystal. Exactly. The only like line that uh, Sid Haig delivers in this film. Yes. And he did so begrudgingly. The director basically bullied him into it. Yeah. And he was not happy about it. And you can see when he delivers the line on his, it, like in his eyes, you can see he's like, this is fucking bullshit. The, uh, that he listen, the entire, it. his entire face, the entire movie, you could tell he's not really all that interested in being there. Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. He's giving it his all, but he wanted to do the role silent. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, he does take the laser, though. He does take the the, the ray gun and... Uh, is it a Ronald Ray gun or yes. a Nancy Ray, ray gun? gun. <laughs> How long have you been working on that one? I just came up nice. with it. Uh, the rest of the team then decide to go exploring. Balon is, of course, being a dick and Alana is uh, saying uh, she can uh, start sensing things in there, but they keep like they're there, but they're far away, she feels. I'm sensing some stuff going on in there, too. Damara says she's going to go check on Quayhood. So uh, Quayhood is freaking the fuck out out there, and the doors start closing again. He goes there to try to stop it, but is pushed and trapped outside. At that point, his crystals go from dust to back together again. He's happy until one stabs him right into the wrist. He tries to take it out, but it snaps, and then the little piece that's left in his skin crawls up to his arm. This was all improvised on set. They really? came up with this effect and the way to have him killed. Nice. Yeah. And he kind of chops at his arm and his arm falls off. He cuts off his yeah, own uh, arm. He yeah. literally is living and dying by the crystal, just yes. like he said. Uh, this is why the director pushed for that line to be said, Matt, because it's very yeah. important yeah. to stress that he's dying by the crystal. His cut-off arm then picks up a crystal and throws it into his chest, killing him. Yeah, that was weird. Ranger, we cut back to the ship, and Ranger asks Cook if he had seen the captain. And then as they're looking at a monitor outside, he t tells Cook how it spooks him. But Cook tells him to not to be spooked by the outside. Don't let it get to you. Yeah, Cook's weird. Yeah, uh, Demera, she finds uh, Quino's body, and then there's a worm right behind her. She suits the worm. It's a maggot. Yeah. And as she's walking, uh, we see she's then attacked by a big worm. Uh, the big worm is attacking her, and uh, in a sense, it strips her naked, uh, covers her in slime, and then rapes her, and then kills her. Okay. In a very elongated scene, and yes, let's let's fucking talk about it. Alright, before we actually get to the uh, meat of the maggot rape, phrases that I never thought I'd get to say ever in my life. <laughs> That's no, a, I've seen this film before. Would so that be I a guess. good metal band? Meat of the maggot rape? Yeah, that sounds more like a grindcore band. Yeah. <laughs> um, the effect where you actually watch the maggot growing as it gets bigger and bigger, that was really well done. Yeah. They did a couple of different like little puppets, but the one that I really dug is they did a hand puppet, and what they did is they actually dollied the hand puppet in towards the camera with the background staying neutral. So when it looks like it's growing and getting bigger and bigger, they're just moving it closer and closer to the camera with somebody doing a hand puppet gesture. And that growing effect actually looked really fucking cool to me. Nice. I thought that was really well done. Uh, the maggot itself, when it first arrived on set, was green and looked like Mothra. <laughs> it was huge. It didn't look scary. Uh, it was like another two to three feet wide. And James Cameron was like really pissed about it and like freaking out. So the guys who made it stayed there overnight, cut it down the middle, and then made it smaller than what it is. Yeah. The thing still weighed a ton. So that maggot that was on top of her, that was a ton. Jesus. Of like mechanisms and all that stuff to make it move with people yeah. inside of it. And then they had it on a wench that was up above her. Uh-huh. And at one point in 
one time the wench gave out and the thing fucking fell and she rolled out just in time. Damn. Or it would have killed her. Holy Jesus. And then after that, she got back underneath it. Yeah. Now the maggot was just supposed to kill her. Yeah, it was supposed to just take off her top. Not even that. It was just supposed to kill her. Oh, see, I read that it was supposed to just take off her top and kill her. But then Corman had promised the studio there would be a sex scene. Right. But what he had actually promised was a sex scene between two people. And so he decided he needed to add the rape scene portion of it. Uh, Corman's always pushing for a rape scene because he feels like that'll sell movies. That's fucking weird. I love Corman, but that is fucked, dude. It's fucking weird, Corman. I You're knew, fucking weird, Corman. I, I know he knew his market and he wasn't exactly wrong because there's a lot of people that really are into watching that kind of stuff for whatever reason. But so they decided to have the, the worm basically rape her. There is a ton more footage that they ended up having to cut out. This is a cut down version. Well, did it at one point almost get him rated? It got him rated X. It got an X. Yeah. Because yeah, you see some thrusting. Yeah. And they did that thing that is like the most egregious fucking thing you can ever do when you film a rape scene. You had her moan. She started liking it. Yeah, she started moaning. She yeah. started enjoying it. And there's a couple of scenes. And there's still, that's still in there, man. A little bit, yeah. But it's significantly worse. They had close-ups of her face like getting pleasure from this thing fucking her Now, did they have to get a body double because this uh, the actress wouldn't do it? Some of it is a body yeah. double. But some of it actually is her. And some of the stuff that she's doing underneath there when they had her covered in the slime and nude, um, the slime was freezing cold. So she got pissed and made them get a body double for some of the other shots. Yeah. So yeah, that's the reason we're spending so much time talking about this is because this is literally the thing that sells this movie. Yeah. So they they banked on that fucking rape scene and the word of mouth of that is what got this movie like butts in theaters for this movie. That's just fucking weird. It's wrong, but it is what it is. Yes. Well, anyway, it's over. Uh, Ranger checks uh, the rest of the station and uh, he and Cook then feel a cannon start going off and even Ranger says those cannons are only supposed to be used for space use, not on land. As he starts walking away, he goes, he can't find Cook now, and as he starts walking, Cook actually knocks him out. Cook finds the captain shooting the cannon, and that is our next clip. Second Hesperus Expeditionary Force. Best hollow shuttle player of the fleet. How do you know that? I am Ehrman, weapons systems coordinator on the Romulus. Do you remember? Cook. <laughs> a spy. You spy for them, Cook. You were just a kid. But you were the hero that day, Tranter. You were magnificent. You saved my life. Lie. I was the only one. The only... What? Where is it? Where is it? The screen does not lie, Tranter. <sighs> Listen to me. There is no attack. Listen to me, Tranter. There is no attack. There is no attack. Trust me. Oh. No. No. You see? You see? There is no spoon, Matt. There is no spoon. Um, the captain decides to run out, uh, and sh- then we see her on the video monitor. She's running with a huge cannon. Uh, Ranger finds Cook, and we see that Ranger doesn't know who knocked him out, but he's saying, does he know where the captain is? They see a little video. They see on the video screen, the captain opens the door, and she incinerates herself. That when was Ra- awesome. Yeah, when Ranger goes to look for her, he finds her burnt-up corpse falling down. Yeah, she's so hot, she caught on fire. The three left outside find Damaris' slimed body and incinerate it. We are back in the ship, and that is our next clip. Vapor locks are sealed. Security scans all clear, so maybe we're safe. I don't know. Like snipers, picking us off one by one. The way they're appearing and disappearing, they could be moving through dimensions. There's no sign of dimension on this door. It's obvious there are no survivors from the Remus. Let's fix the ship and go home. 
forget the fuel that pulled us down here, what makes you think we can lift out of it? I won't go back into that thing. I don't run out on fights. You gotta find the source of the fuel. Balon, will you quit? You're driving me crazy. When you do go back, I'd like to join you. No place for a cook. Can you handle a weapon, Cor? I can take care of myself. Cabrin. Balon? You're a fool, Cabrin. I'll be damned if I'm staying here alone. And they all go back out. Uh, Ranger stops and uh, Corbett and says he doesn't trust Cook. Um, they find a tube, but Joni, uh, she doesn't want to go down in the tube. So we're finding her fear is enclosed spaces. I think she has a fear of being crushed. Yes. A creature appears and uh, just out of nowhere and Baylor actually shoots at it. But then there's nothing there. Uh, Cameron and Aluma, they go into the tubes she actually loses her pack and she kind of sits there in the tube and freaks out a little bit but then the rest kind of slide in behind her make her come down and they all make it out we see kind of Baylor's actually he's bringing up the rear and he's kind of being hunted by something as they are walking over this bridge Baylor actually er, the creature is coming like below the bridge and it trips Baylor right into Ranger causing a bit of a scuffle there the group moves on did this whole section feel like padding where they're running through the pyramids and stuff yeah. The set design and the production design is incredible. It looks awesome. Yeah. Like all the stuff that they built, the pyramids, the interiors of it, and it's all weird and bizarre and cool and sci-fi-y, but like that's literally the only good thing I have to say about this whole sequence. Yeah. Anyway, the group moves and they f- find a door opener and when they keep opening and shut it, a new triangle appears. Uh, they shut the door all the way and then realize that Baylor is actually on the other side of the door. While they're trying to figure out how to open up the door, a creature comes behind, uh, uh, Baylor and uh, in, in Baylor goes to shoot it, but it disappears again. Then as he turns around, he's killed by from behind by the creature and thrown off the bridge just as the group gets the door open. Did that creature look different than the other ones? I don't remember what that one was. Yeah, that one kind of had like a triangle head. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was... Yeah. Um, there was one of them that they named the Cameron Beast. I think that might have been it. Yeah. It looked kind of like a xenomorph, only with a more triangular head instead yeah. of a cock-shaped head. It's almost like a xenomorph's body with a... With a Cock-shaped wolf's head. head. Without the cock-shaped head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ranger uh, blames Cook, who is now gone. They can't find him. A loom walks off through one of the triangles. Uh, or loom walks off, not yet. And Cranbourne brings her back. Ranger seems to be seeing things that are disappearing. Then Ranger snaps at Cabrin before breaking down. They, they're friends, but he kind of snaps at him. But well, then they're breaks obviously down. all wearing... Yeah. Their patients are all wearing very thin. It makes sense. A loom walks through one of the triangles, and she comes into a hallway and then the triangle disappears behind her and the other two follow suit All both of them also ended up in different parts of the building and the triangles disappear behind them this felt like feed the light to me yeah it's a little Lovecraftian but like also very padding yeah so very much like feed the light uh, Ranger is attacked by himself uh, so something that looks exactly like him whoa Freddy Krueger gets real menacing there's a couple of like weird like menacey smiles we, that he gives where it's like where you proto see Freddy Krueger you yeah. see yeah I was like, oh my God, there's Kruger a yep. little bit. Yeah, you can totally see it there. Cameron and Luma find each other, but they're separated by like a clear wall. Uh, we get more Ranger versus Ranger. And then Luma has to go through a tube to get out. So, of course, there's her fear staring right at her. Yes, being born again. Ranger Prime gets cut by the other Ranger, and then he takes out his laser and shoots. After killing the other Ranger, Prime Ranger realizes that he's just fighting himself. Well, he blasted a bunch of time and he's 
like, there's no blood, there's no guts. He goes through yeah, all this other hollow. stuff. Yeah. And then he like gets divided away from him and he's just basically like, I'm fighting myself. This isn't real or something like that. <laughs> and then like he defeats his fear. Yeah. Which of course, Freddy Krueger is going to be a master of fear. So yeah. I mean, come I'm on. I'm cool with that. Aluma, while in the tube, is attacked by cables and torn apart and killed. Her head crushed. This is actually a pretty cool effect. Yeah. If you want to see Joni's head crushed in by cabling, yeah. this is the movie for you. This is the scene you want to you know, fast forward it to. You may think that the maggot rape is the reason I bought the Blu-ray. But is it the Joni getting Watching her face Joni crushed? Watching Joni getting her head crushed, yeah. yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It was a really sick effect. Yeah, I really enjoy watching Joni Cunningham die horribly. <laughs> Cabrin finds her, unfortunately, and then as he grieves, Ranger finds him. They enter this room that's like a big open space room with a shit lot of stairs leading up. Ranger says it was his own fear causing his attack. And then uh, Cabron says he also realized that it was their fears attacking them. And he states it should be over. Just at that point, Cook appears at the top of the stairs, saying that it's nowhere near over. Ranger says he knew it and to tell he told Cabra, who goes chasing after him, to be careful. Cameron finds him, and it turns out that Cook is the master, as his head starts glowing, and it leads us to our final clip. And you watched while we died and you said nothing I will find a way to kill you for what you've done perhaps you will but enough Cameron why let your emotions rule now after showing such admirable control of your fear you already won the game a children's game Cameron this pyramid is an ancient toy a brilliant initiatory toy for the children of a vanished race to see their deepest fears and learn to control them. And how can you know this? This is where I became master. Why did she have to die? Why did they all have to die? Damn you, why? They could have lived, Cabrin. They could have chosen as you have chosen. Until now. With that, the master sends all the creatures that have, we have seen so far uh, after Cabrin. But Cabrin is able to kill them all one by one. And then the room goes blue. And then all of a sudden, all the dead crew members show up and they attack him. He's able to fight them off, but they do get him to the ground. And they start like, I don't know, like they're probably punching him while he's on the ground. He starts passing out. And then they go away. He's uh, a- one of the uh, really interesting and uh, awesome crew members showing up is the naked and one once again, covered in goo version of yep. the lady that got raped by the maggot. Yeah. The reason that she's so featured prominently on screen is back to that. They were promised a sex scene, the people that were going to distribute this for uh-huh. Corman's production company. Yeah. They didn't get the sex scene that they wanted, so Corman basically decided to appease them by throwing her naked body covered in goo in as much as possible. Yes. They literally, like, every usable frame of her standing there topless and covered in goo they used. Nice. Yeah. Covers in the goo. <laughs> I love sleazy movies and this is one of the sleaziest. Like I said, the behind-the-scenes story is way better than the actual it, movie itself. It ain't easy being sleazy. I mean, I know that. Yeah. I'm sleazy, and I think you ought to know this. Yeah, man. I think we're all kind of sleazy. I make it snow up guar noses. I don't know if we hang out with people who aren't sleazy. Um, uh, meh. <laughs> um, as he's awakened, though, we see a loom is there. She walks up to him and starts choking him. He tears off part of her uniform, showing that she is also a creature. It's like an alien creature looking skin underneath uh, her uniform. He and sh- while she's choking him, he screams, choke me, mommy. <laughs> 
I, well, he doesn't do that. That's that's what you do. <laughs> you promised you wouldn't tell. All right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't be ashamed. I'm not. All right. Um, he shoots her, and bring, that brings him back into the room with the master. The master states, uh, he states, back to you and me, but the master says, your rage is now gone, and you can no longer kill me, which then causes him to shoot rays out of his dick, so he shoots dick lasers at the master. Yeah. That's, I mean, he does that. tracks. That. Uh, the master. That's the best way to kill your enemies is to shoot lasers out of your cock. Yes. And his face no longer glowing. He states, you didn't kill the master. You just killed an old man. And the power of the master can never die and is now his. And we see he, he says he is now the master. Well, he destroys the old man's body and his head starts to glow red. Roll credits. All right, so that's Galaxy of Terror. There's not a shitload to talk about on the movie, and I don't really have a ton of final thoughts for it either. Um, it's a good thing we're doing a doubleheader tonight, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the production and the behind-the-scenes stuff is way more interesting, and that's one of the reasons why you should have the Blu-ray. It's on Amazon Prime. It's worth a watch, although that part that drags in the middle that we were talking about really drags. It really drags. You really feel those moments. I mean, this is, what, a 78-minute Yeah, it's an hour and 20 some hour and 23 minutes. Yeah, so like it's an 83 minute film and I would say that the back third of it drags like a motherfucker. Once the other crew members are dead, they have like a final girl thing going on with the guy that's supposed to be the survivor dude and it just is not working for me. No, the whole fight scenes at the end, they even when he like fought the creatures, the creatures lost all their luster at this point. Right, well he had no fear and he wasn't afraid of other people's fear. And And it felt like a greatest hits clip show it was kind of cool when you saw like the burnt up captain. She looked cool. That the, was of course, awesome. Slime yeah. naked woman looked cool. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so that looked cool, but that was very short lived for the amount of time you had to sit through that. And then the story is so entirely convoluted. It makes so much zero sense. <laughs> and we never find out. Did, did does Ranger live at the end? Is he just stayed at the bottom of the stairs? So Freddy Krueger. Hmm. He's probably just becoming Freddy at this point. I think that's the origin of Freddy. Yeah. There you go. Either that or he came to Earth as a lizard man. Either way. But yeah. I'm just like, it's so convoluted that by the end of it, you're just kind of s- sitting there with Galaxy of Terror. Some of the effects were cool. I would say that the effects are the highlight of the film. The, that's really? What makes the it worth story watching. behind the movie is cool because it's just interesting to read about. The story of the film, however, yeah. not that great. The, by the end of the film, you are you actually sit there. And you, I, I literally had to watch this four times. And each time at the end of the movie, I go, I'm no more clear as to what the fuck just happened. Well, shit got in the way and we weren't recording on our normal day on Monday so that's why we're doing a double header tonight yeah and when I watched the movie Sunday like I can't remember fuck all today about it yeah like I'm really trying hard to remember fuck all about the movie do, but, but all I remember is maggot rape it, it, that's I think all you're supposed to remember and that's pretty much all I ever watch in this film anyway I think that's all you're supposed to watch in this film yeah if Roger Corman had his way yeah like this movie would be like 83 minutes of maggot rape if Roger Corman had his way pretty much also if I had my way <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's do some psyop news. All right. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a promo for another podcast that really wishes it was on a better fucking episode. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Galaxy of Terror. And when we come back, we'll do some psyop news. Are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery? Is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world? To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, 
Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a Sweekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. Fucking kidding me! <laughs> what? It was a maggot that was a phantom. It's out of her oh imagination. Oh my god! So. You're disgusting. What? It fits. You're horrendous. I know. I absolutely love the fact that I'm disgusting and horrendous, and I feel like I should celebrate it more. All right. Well, there you go. I'm gonna let my freak flag fly. Woo! And the best way to do that, Matt? Yeah. Give me some psyop news. This is by our buddy Robert Ward. Robert's really participating quite a bit with some really fucked up news. And speaking about somebody who's letting their freak flag fly, uh-huh. this comes from the star. Bodybuilder set to marry his sex robot girlfriend despite frequent arguments. Yeah. So, and I believe uh, Misty from Legion After Dark posted the greatest comment ever on this. Uh-huh. That it's proof that all arguments are started by men. <laughs> And none of us that are male can really say anything to the contrary. If we did, we'd be starting to argue. We would automatically prove her point. So she won the internet that day. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's shitty. Yeah. And awesome. It's shitty because it's, it's, it, it puts it's us in our place, and we don't like that. It's oddy or <laughs> or shawsome. <laughs> 
Somehow you sound like you're Ellen Sawstrob. Stop that. <laughs> anyway, uh, a smitten actor and bodybuilder is vowed to marry his sex robot girlfriend after paying for real plastic surgery to enhance the doll's appearance when she began to develop a complex. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have a problem with on this is that the doll is developing a complex. Yeah. I actually feel sorry for her non-emotions. I know, right? It's bad. You didn't build this one, obviously. Well, no. I mean, ours uh, will all have healthy relationships with their own bodies. Yes, yes. Uh, Yuri Tokyoko <laughs> uh, from Kakakistan also revealed that the unusual couple has been invited on a Russian TV show, Comedy Club, although his relationship with Margot the doll is very much taken seriously. Because I like abuse and free <laughs> drugs. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> he shared backstage images of the couple's television appearance with the teaser message uh, that, quote, uh, I won't spoil it. Uh, you'll find it out at the right time, end quote. And I'm going to fuck it to death. <laughs> According to- <laughs> that was that was well timed. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, according to local media, uh, he has been dating Margot for eight months, and his Instagram is littered with loved-up selfies of the pair of dates. Afraid of vaginas? Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. This guy's got a mega chin, too. He no does. silicone penis budget is out of control. He almost looks like a fake robot. Despite <laughs> admitting that they have the occasional argument, devote he is devoted and insists that he plans to marry the sex doll. Okay, I don't get that, like, does she have AI and is the AI becoming self-conscious? Like, I don't get this or is this like I, I don't, part here's of Here's a picture of him. Yeah, no, I've seen pictures of uh, them, but like, how is this happening? Is this in now, his is mind? Is it on his head yeah, or is this, does she have some form of AI? Right. Like, I would actually like to see them interacting because they do have these really expensive real dolls that have AI and they can hold conversations with you. Yeah. Including arguments. Yeah. But like... Like, is there... Did he just stick like a, a, like a Siri in there or a fucking echo well no there's more advanced ai than that that they put in there no this is the issue that i have right this is ai this is a doll like with artificial intelligence that has developed emotional body issues yes because of brief appearances on social media so if this doll which is manufactured solely for man's pleasure is developing these types of issues from brief appearances if it is with ai on social media what is this doing to actual women like Uh, physically naturally born women, not artificial intelligence if, created. If you've at all seen or have uh, your finger on the pulse of society, horrendously fucked up shit. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm yeah. really fucking sorry. You deserve better than that. We all do. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring it all down because I'm a fucking dick, but... Yeah, thanks, man. Can we get back to the funny story about the dude in the sex bot, please? Yeah, baby gets stabbed and I come like that. <laughs> see, yeah, see, you enjoy that, but you can't, can't enjoy this new story. Everyone will be coming on my face. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, despite admitting that they have the occasional, or, or I'm sorry, he said he recently sent Margot to a clinic for plastic surgeons to make his synthetic girlfriend even prettier after he claimed her media appearances made her feel insecure. You want to do a little ass play? He said when he presented her photo to the world, there was a lot of criticism and she began to develop a complex. So they decided to have plastic surgery. Yeah, this is the part that I have an issue with. People were critiquing the love doll and she developed a complex or did he develop a complex about his love doll? This is the part I want to know. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to guarantee he probably came up with the complex. Yeah, I as mean, most as most of the time, it's men's complexes, and they force them onto women. Okay, yeah, uh, right. that tracks. I can't argue that at all. Uh, she has changed a lot. At first, it was 
hard to accept, but he got used to it later on, he states. So uh, he said it was a real clinic with real doctors. Uh, he said reports uh, reports are stating that the actor treats the doll, which has its own Instagram blog, like a living person and even found her a waitressing position at a local bar. Uh, he states that she can't walk by herself and she needs help. Yeah. How isn't that part of waitressing? Is, is waitressing not where you go and grab things to deliver to tables? Apparently not in Mother Russia. Right. What it, She needs help. So they hired someone to carry her around and waitress things for her? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Everything about this is confusing to me. Yeah. And I have like multiple layers of questions. <laughs> like I am. I don't want to make it sound like I am judging this guy. I am like really fascinated by the psychology of this. And then also if it's AI, the psychology of the AI, like how this all works and how close she is to becoming like recognized as sentient. And will she be actually be sentient? And then can I steal her from him? Um, Not physically. I mean, emotionally. I mean, are you a good listener? I'm sorry. What? Okay. Anyway, he states that Margot doesn't know how to cook, but she loves Georgian cuisine. And her favorite dish is a paisley uh, Ken Collie. Okay. Know. She can't cook. Can she eat? Apparently she has a favorite cuisine. Like I can see where she could taste it and then tell you that she Ooh. enjoys it. Huh? I mean, like your dream would have a real doll that would chew up your food and spit it in your mouth. So you don't even have to work. Hey, listen, man, if you're trying to turn me on while we're doing the show, could you wait just a few minutes? Okay. Cause it's hard to report the news with a massive erection. Clip. Clip. <laughs> It's hard to listen to the news with one as well. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, discussing her personality, the eccentric actor added, she swears, but there is a tender soul inside. According to the man, he met Margot in a bar when a young man attacked the doll and he managed to protect her. They have reportedly been inseparable ever since. Wait, somebody attacked the doll and he protected her? Yeah. Did he own the doll at the time? I don't know. Like, I, Sir, I'm so fucking I, confused. I, I'm fucking... Say, man, I don't know. <laughs> the, the Daily Star is not being forthcoming with this information. Yeah, they're trying to be salacious and yeah. like, I really want to know the interpersonal dynamics of their so relationship. So do I, like, yeah. I'm really fascinated by this. Listen, I don't know, man. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Dude, if you're listening to the show, come on the show, man. We'll, we'll have you on. We will spend a night just talking to you. I want to know. And Margo. Yeah. We want to hear her side of the story as well. Yeah, like, I really want to know what's going on there. Like, yeah. if this is, I don't want to say fantasy, but like, if this is part of the world that he has created for himself. Yeah. And like, you know, there's not AI involved on her part. This is all just um, part of his world that he has created, that he has chosen to live in. Yeah, I still want to know about it. I'm, st- I'm totally fine with that. I want to yeah. know about it. But yeah. like, if there actually is, you know, like an AI, AI doll. I want to talk to her. Yeah. And try and steal her from him. Oh, man. Don't. No, seriously, dude, we're not going to do that. Like if, he's a bodybuilder. So am I. Yeah, no, wait, no, you're not. No, I build other bodies. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're two different types of bodybuilders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like the Frankenstein doctor style bodybuilder. It is unclear when the wedding will take place. Uh, This all comes after a sex robot manufacturer exclusively told the Daily Star Online that many customers are only swapping human partners for next generation dolls. Uh, I mean, it's just simplistic that way. A mom and a daughter just teamed up to open up a brothel together in Sheffield where their sex robot, Samantha, works. So, (laughs) there you go. Oh, man, if that's sentient, though, like a sentient sex robot, but like has to want to be a hooker in your brothel. It it comes,
comes right down to uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation when they discussed if Data was Starfleet property or a sentient being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my problem is when a droid can actually show that it has sentience, that it is self-aware and can be afraid and have emotions and all of that kind of stuff, then the things that you're doing to it could possibly cause damage emotionally. Part of Starfleet is to seek out new life. Well, there it is. (laughs) Well, and when it was uh, Kirk, it was to seek out new life and fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But this is Picard's Starfleet now, so. Yeah, I know. We seek out new life. Well, there it is. He would seek out new life. You want to make law? Well, make it a good one. He he, uh, basically would seek out life and then engage it with interpersonal discussions over Earl Grey. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. It's nice. Yeah, I love an asexual captain in my Starfleet. (laughs) Uh, Well, ask Wesley Crusher's mom how asexual he was, I guess. Yeah, right? No kidding. He goody. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're not quite to the length of the episode I'd like. You want to do another one? I got more. I mean, I want to do another story and also... You want to do a little ass play? Maybe when we're done with the commentary after this. All right. Um, Yeah, we're going to do this one. Uh, This is also from the Daily Star and also from our buddy Robert Ward. Oh, yeah. He posted a shitload of stuff. That was really interesting this week. Woman who wants fattest vagina in the world says surgery transforms sex life. Vagina smells like dead body. I don't know if that one does, but... Afraid of vaginas? A woman who has spent 76,000 pounds, I believe, I don't know what this is, on plastic surgery is happy with her If it looks like a little L, it's a pound. Yes. Awesome. It's a pound set. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, surgery is happy with her latest vagina operation. While there have been some complications, she says it's boosted her sex life. I think that's going in the spank bank. She, a woman who is a hopes to achieve the world's fattest vagina admits that her plastic surgery procedures have their drawbacks. I'm homosexual. The quote wanna be a blow a wanna be blow up doll end quote who goes by the name Mary Magdalene says she's battled health complications and as a result of her cosmetic operation. This is like traces of death fucked a porno. The 24-year-old says intimate injections have caused her to swell up down there. I think that's going in the spank bank. <laughs> that's That was well time too. Uh, but despite these issues, she doesn't regret spending 76,000 pounds on her surgery transformation. Always looking for Wang. This is probably because the vagina operation has had a positive effect on her sex life. Don't threaten to cut off my cock for $60. <laughs> Mary plans to share snacks of her fattened vagina once the area heals up. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> right? Uh, hey, listen, I don't know if you're listening, but... Uh, uh, slide well, into our DMs. Our uh, our information will be at the end of the show. I so think just, that's going in the spank bank. Yeah, get that to us if you can, if you're listening. so Or if anybody who listens to us knows this person or how to get a hold of them, let us know. Or let them know that we're looking... Are you for, begging for shots of fat vagina? I mean, for both of us. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Carry on. <laughs> I'm thinking of you too. I'm a socialist at heart. <laughs> oh, tears are good lube. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while she's on the road to recovery, the Canadian influencer is still facing complications. She said it's a lot better than what it was. However, she has had complications with the fat, so she will need to keep getting vagina injections to even it out. Uh, she is worried about uh, one side because it keeps growing, and she thinks it will probably be from the swelling. But the doctor told her not to worry, so she is trying to relax. Uh, thankfully, 
it hasn't been doom and gloom for the fetish model. She says the surgery has helped her to feel more confident and creative. Uh, Mary explained that she feels more confident naked and she loves showing it off in clothes. I think there was something in the article about how she paints with her vagina now, too. Really? I'll get to that. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, her favorite type of cleavage, uh, cleavage now is her camel toe. And although when she bends over, it looks like she has a ball sack, she says. Some of us are okay with that, too. <laughs> Thank God. Reading this is, is really hard because in the quotes, I'm having to change things or else this whole entire article would have been Clip City. Fucking coward. <laughs> oh, yep. Here we go. She has been making paintings with her vagina. So the surgery has really inspired her to be more creative as well. I'm picturing her like doing things like mod from um, the Big Lebowski where she yeah, has yeah. that big pulley system and she just goes <laughs> naked across and just throws paint everywhere. Exactly. My work has been described as very vaginal. <laughs> Mary adds that her vagina surgery has also improved her sex life. She remarked that when she has sex, it feels a lot tighter and she can squeeze and hug a cock before it even enters. I don't know how that works. Um, before it enters, how is she? Uh, I'm just guessing, the tip? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, that's weird. A lot of questions tonight in the news. Maybe the swelling has made the first set of musculature areas more able to grasp what she's looking to grasp? I honestly don't know. I don't know. It's not the first time the model has spoken about her plastic surgery transformation. Previously, she revealed that she enjoys looking like a bimbo. She said that her first operation was a boob job. She said she was working as a stripper, and she has been doing so since she was 17, and said she has always loved the fake bimbo look. I mean, cool, if that's what you're going for. Yeah. Like, I, I got it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I support her right to make herself look and feel however she wants to look and feel. Yeah. I may not understand it. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned about what's going to happen with the rest of her life with whatever she has done to her. Others. I mean, it can't be long for the world with all the operations, you'd think. Right. You just work with what you got, folks. Yeah. Try not to change it too much with plastic surgery. Since then, uh, Mary has had three no job, 20 dental veneers, and countless lip and cheek fillers. She also braved the surgeon's chair for three boob jobs and a trio of Brazilian butt lifts. Okay, so she's basically addicted to plastic surgery yeah. and coming up with reasons to go under the knife. Yes, and despite her recent complications, the Instagram star doesn't plan on giving up her obsession anytime soon. She says that it is so exciting. She says she's scared, but realistically, it won't stop her. It is very addictive. Yeah, so she's hooked on a surgery. Yeah. Zydrate comes in a little glass vial, Matt. <laughs> What? Oh, I'm making a reference to uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, okay. I never saw it. Yeah. If you're into musicals, I mean, that could be your thing. Nice. Isn't that star Anthony Head? I don't know who that is. Uh, he's from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, he's in there. He's okay. one of the people that's in there, yeah. Okay. But it's also got like Bill Mosley and a bunch of other folks. Nice. Yeah, like Ogre from Skinny Puppy and everything. Okay. Yeah, I think we're done with the news if we're talking about Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah, probably, <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, all that plastic surgery because uh, Zydrate is like there is made from the dead and it's used to numb pain for surgery. Oh, wow. And Paris Hilton plays someone who's addicted to plastic surgery. Oh, I gotcha. So she's not really acting. No, not at all. She's totally into it. So that's where my logic comes full circle. Full she's circle. addicted to plastic surgery, so Zydrate. There yes, you go. there we go. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Yeah. Sorry for the shitty episode this week, I yeah, guess. Yeah, this, this one, I mean, next week will be better. <laughs> next week we were doing our Christmas episode and uh, maybe I'll announce it in the show housekeeping, I guess. We'll see. All right. Gotta keep them wanting more, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Always gotta keep them wanting more. All right, so we're gonna play 
the ending Legion promo here. We're going to have a little bit more music befitting of uh, Galaxy of Terror. When we come back, we will close out this fucking lackluster show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. taking his sweet time getting us to the hook for the title of the song loving the alien yeah there you go i love how you're upset about the phantom maggot shit but like when i play loving the alien you're like oh no that's good it just seems romantic (laughs) whereas phantom maggot seems like nasty and you don't want to talk about it yeah well maybe you just love david bowie more than you like the lillingtons that's probably true yeah maybe that's what it is maybe or maybe you were feigning outrage because i told you to that's possible too yeah that's that's definitely sort of (laughs) you do rep barter town i'm just I mean, saying maybe we try to enhance the show by pretending like we're angry at each other when we actually aren't yeah i know right well not that we do that very often because usually we're legit angry at we, each other. i mean usually fuck you <laughs> if you want to find out all the various instances where we have gotten legitimately angry at each other the best place to do that where do you think that is matt uh probably the facebook group right oh well, that's one of the places yeah. but the main landing and launching page that's where you're going to get all the previous episodes uh, yes yes with the historical records of recordings all 
225 previous weeks. <laughs> all available on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Yeah. I'm wondering when Bo's going to tell us it's time to archive that shit because yeah. that's ridiculous. He hasn't done it yet. No, thank you, Fearless Leader. We thank appreciate you, that. Thank you, Fearless Leader. He obviously doesn't listen to the show, otherwise he would make us archive it. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> this is not the episode he just decides to listen to. Oh, yeah, like he really likes Galaxy of Terror and he's like, fuck you guys, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> well, if that does happen, you definitely want to check out our Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps, so you can find out where our new feed will be. You can find me on Facebook as Court PsyOps. You can sort of find what the remnants of Matt whenever we're recording that week as Matt PsyOp. Yes. You can email feedback to Matt, PsyOpMatt at gmail.com, or you can try and book him on your show, but really people just resort to contacting me and trying to make it happen. I don't know why. Basically because Matt's lazy and he doesn't like to work. I mean, I, I think that's stretching it a bit. That you're because I work too much. <laughs> well, in your real life, yes, but on the podcast, not so much. Okay, well, yeah. Oh, podcast. Yeah, no, I'm a lazy fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, real, yeah, yeah. Real, real, real life, you work real, too li- hard. real life, I'm stretched pretty thin at this point. Well, not physically, just emotionally. Just emotionally, yes. No, you're, physically, you're, I'm very fat. You're very thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com and tell him to stop fat shaming Matt for being all thick. Yeah, yeah you're body shaming me. I'm not here. body shaming you. Were... I like you thick. Thick is a compliment. A compliment? Yeah. <laughs> thick is a compliment when you thick. like that. How it looks. Man, we're using the word thick in a really weird way right now. I like now. you thick. 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 Oh, so gross. Oh. <laughs> Most, just just, just, just us talking about stuff sexually is gross just to me. I myself out. Oh, I'm so distu- disgusted by my own sexuality, Matt. <laughs> You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is covering all sorts of body shaming. It's Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. I He's thought Twitter was all Nazis now. Mostly, but there's some couple of people that are spending some time that are fat shaming, body shaming, kink shaming. All the shaming. Yeah. Really, yeah. If, if, if you know, Twitter is uh, for shaming, apparently. Yes, but if you want a place that's a little less shaming and a lot more awesome, go to Instagram. Yeah. Where there's photos of all sorts of thick folks in yeah. ways that you're going to love. Court's becoming an influencer. I'm not really an influencer. I'm more or less you're just... You're being influenced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more or less just looking at girls with tattoos and, you know, various states of disrobe and really enjoying it on that grandma Insta. So you're being influenced. Yes, to masturbate. <laughs> furiously. And no one said they were influencing to do. They're just influencers. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also our flick chat group, which we are pretty much it's, not it's even there. I, I mean, yes, it's kind of tumble weeds at this point. Cinema, PsyOps, if there's something going on there that we should pay attention to, you got all the other ways to get a hold of us. Yeah. I mean, instant messaging me through Facebook Messenger is the best way to get a hold of me for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're serious, don't ask me, do you run a podcast? Do you need podcast promoting? Yeah, yeah, no, don't do that. I won't respond to that because you are clearly a bot and or someone who's trying to scam me out of money and that's not going to work. Yeah. So folks, I would like to ask you very kindly out there, watch out for the bots, watch out for the people trying to scam you out of the money kick the fuck out of them and this week and make it your bitch when you wanna be with me then we will see who's Robin
was recording with uh, Desmond for uh, Desmond's Flicks, uh, like a Christmas movie episode. Oh, okay. And um, the Skype was coming through like mega fucking loud. So I was like turning everything down to try and save my eardrums. Uh-uh. And so like now I got to turn it all back up, which is weird. You wouldn't think I'd have to turn our stuff back up, but here we are. <laughs> the last few weeks I've been coming home and like my son will still be up just getting ready to go to bed. And he go, Dad, you have these black stuff all over your head. And I'll be like, where am I getting that? And I can't, and I don't know like, what, am I brushing my head against the car? What's going on? It, it's the new headphones uh-huh. that the, it's leaving black stuff on the top of my head because the top of it's got to wear it off. And I was like, oh, yeah. But I was like getting concerned. I'm like, maybe I got a weird cancer or something. <laughs> yeah, those headphones are falling apart. Yeah. Um, anytime you want to buy your own headphones, go right ahead. I'm going to have to start thinking about it. <laughs> I, I was used to having the golden headphones, and it, while they were nicely well done put together, they unfortunately were starting to break down. I don't know if that was a connection on that or not. It, oh. it might just be that uh, we still have those anywhere yeah they're somewhere around here but you'll use the headphones that i give you and you'll like it well you're a real dick today are you <laughs> today <laughs> today <laughs> yeah cube steaks slash minute steaks for our friends overseas and or in canada mm-hmm. which is technically overseas <laughs> it, it's i mean it's not but okay <laughs> i mean it's, it's over a northern border but all right it's over a sea of uh delicious freedom and uh nationalized yeah. healthcare. yes yeah right <laughs> Uh, it should star Dolph Lundgren. Well, yeah, everything that stars Dolph Lundgren is automatically better for having Dolph Lundgren in it. Yes, exactly. Unless you can get an actual, you know, actor. <laughs> wow, way to be a dick. Hey, I like Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Me too. I mean, like, I'm not into dudes, but I'd consider it. <laughs> With Dolph Lundgren. I mean, who wouldn't? I'd hope he'd be gentle. He doesn't look like he'd be gentle. Uh, you know what? Maybe your first time he'd probably be gentle, but then after that, he'd expect you, you know, to be prepared for some things. Power bottoming for Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah. Cinema psyops. <laughs> Fuzzy porn as the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, oh nice. Creator and director of the bulk of those episodes. Huh, how about that? Yeah, when so. David Duchovny was doing softcore porn. Yes, so yeah. he's got a special place in my heart, Solomon Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's helped usher me through my uh, maturity. Let's just put it that way. I remember there's a Red Shoe Diaries with the actress who is Tasha Yard, Star Trek The Next Generation. So thank you oh, for, yeah. for that. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, so did boy, I. have I seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. so I saw the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I still got some blisters from when I watched that. <laughs> yeah. I became a man that day. <laughs> I mean, I kind of already was with my first, first woman in prison flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. The Red Shoe Diaries helped me understand consent. It made me think about Star Trek in a different way. <laughs> oh, no, I was already thinking about Star Trek that way. Uh, massacre mission, and she's somewhat scarred from that. Emotionally or physically? Probably a little bit of both. Because, I mean, physically... She's looking good. Yeah. A little bit more mature than I tend to like my ladies, but uh, I'd make an exception. You like your ladies young there, Court? I mean, legal, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get yourself out of that corner. (laughs) Well, yeah, I didn't paint myself in the corner. I clearly left a walkway there. (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) As opposed to you, your Google searches are always young and not legal. Yo, I I think you would find for real that that's not the case. (laughs) So why aren't you talking about how attractive you felt this older lady was? Because you took all my thunder from it. All right. All right. (laughs) I mean, all the ladies in this film. All the ladies are fine, fine ladies. Yeah. All the ladies in this film, Sid Haig and uh, young Robert England, they can all get it. Yeah. Everybody else is do with the mustache? Nope. No? No. No, too much of a tickler for you? No, he's just not my taste. He's not your taste? No. He kind of, he seems a little too intense sometimes. He's a douchebag. I don't fuck douchebags. Well, you once, but that 
that doesn't count. <laughs> Just isolate that one part there. Uh, <laughs> sucked us into this lag. He pulled from a single point. And there's the thing I was talking about with the fading there, where yeah. it faded out on dialogue. Yes, it did. <laughs> But now I know. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Hey, That's I, fuck, I'm just happy you did stuff that I didn't have to do this week. <laughs> and when Demera tells you she should go down, you should fucking listen. Yes. She's smart. She's Exactly. Yeah. I'm not a pig. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I mean, you're, you are a white male, so. <laughs> and I'm over here playing with my switchblade and it's coming on mic. Yeah. <laughs> the three left outside find Demera's slimed body and incinerate it. Yeah, and she's uh, fully nude while covered in slime. Yeah. So that's a thank you movie. Really? She's dead, nude, covered in slime. Even the house she was killed? I mean, sure. Damn. <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> dead is dead, Matt. Sometimes dead is better. It slived her. <laughs> I mean, I was going to, too. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I think she has a fear of being crushed. Yes. But she doesn't have a fear of penis because Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> I mean, I like dick. Thank you, Weepa. Want to uh, hop on some dick after that. Okay, thank you, Weepa. Uh, uh, fuck you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fuck Matt. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> Fucking weirdos, man. Uh, Your baby gets stabbed and I come like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's... <laughs> Hold on, I made myself crack up on that one. Fuck you, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, fuck Matt. Yep. Blood jizz. Hold on. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. I love that you can't get your shit together. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. All right. Uh, always looking for Wang. Yep.
attention, folks. Our Christmas episode is Cannibal Holocaust. Hey, what's that? Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, I thought we were going to do a joke where you're like, oh, nothing. I like it better this way. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>